three, two, one. Hey friends, this is Benj Miller, co-host of the System and Soul podcast. And one of the things that I've noticed after a couple of years doing this podcast is the conversation that happens before and after we record with our guests. And sometimes they let their hair down and get a little goofy and the best conversation happens. And you don't get to hear it because we haven't said, hey, we're recording, we're doing this introduction now, whatever it might be. So today on the episode, we're trying something new. We start, we jump straight into the conversation that happened and we just don't stop. So I'm here to introduce you to our guest. You've heard him here before, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Love this guy, he's a friend. I have a little bit of a man crush on him because I just love how he approaches life. I get his emails, I listen to his YouTube channel, and when he writes books, I read the title and I'm like, yeah, I get that, great principle. His, his books are all based on one principle and I get it. Like you read the title, you're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense, I don't need to read the book. But the reality is you dig into the book and you start to peel back the layers on how deep it really goes, how transformational it really is, and how practical. He does a great job at taking these ideas and giving us the actions that can go with them because transformation happens in action. So here we go. I hope you enjoy Dr. Benjamin Hardy. It's awesome to be with you guys. How's the book going so far? Yeah, it's awesome. I saw your, you posted a video I saw about it. Yeah, so it's... Uh... It's going good. I mean, BJ Fogg, the Stanford psychologist who wrote um, Tiny Habits, he uh, he's made the book required reading in all of his Stanford classes. So right now his Stanford Whoa. students all have the gap in the game. We made sure that we got them all early copies. Right. Um, I'm pretty dang deep in my future self book. So I have a book coming out next May called Be Your Future Self Now. So that's the one I'm in the depths of, I'm in the plums of writing. Right. But I'm really excited about, you know, obviously... Um, getting this book out there. This was um, a book that I've wanted to write ever since I heard the idea about three or four yeah. years ago. So it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of fun that it's now in existence and it's an well, asset or a, an artifact that's now out in the world. Well, you wanted to get to that book before uh -huh. you wrote. <laughs> so I how. can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I um, I'll say this when we're talking, but I love, I, I really, I don't want to fanboy you, but I love your writing because here's the interesting thing. Most books, I'm like, who, not how. I read the title. Okay, I get it. I can apply that. print. That's a principle I can apply. The gap versus the gain. That's a principle. I understand the principle. I can apply it. But like, it usually like deters me from actually reading the book because I get the principle, right? But when I read who, not how, like you were able to like put legit meat on that bone and take it deep and make it practical and you're so scientific. I like, I've got your rhythm of like the case study, the science, the application and, but it, it like, it's perfect and it works. And well, the, for, yeah, the formula works for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it, you, you do a great job with it. It's amazing how much you keep putting out. So along with Thank all your you YouTube videos, working on that, that's still uh, a lot of deliberate practice and process got a long ways to go with YouTube, but uh I'll be in the game on where I'm at with YouTube. Um, yeah, I also just, uh, 
a big idea that helps me is just not really caring about where my current self is, you know, but like mm. knowing my future self is going to be enormously more capable and further along. So it's like, I don't care if I'm putting out what my current self thinks is it's not that great. I'm always measuring the gain. And I'm also, also, um, acknowledging that my future self is going to be way further along. And so it doesn't really matter where my current self is. You know what I mean? So I, it's super helpful. Cause it's just like, I can, I can be imperfect right now. I don't have to have all the answers right now. Plus I'm only measuring my own progress. And so I'm in the gain, but it's just, it, it combines the past and the future with both positive so that the current self isn't stuck. You know, one of your videos was about Mr. Beast. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 First of all, did you make that because you were doing research for your own YouTube channel? Sort of. Um, I also just think Mr. Beast is fascinating. Obviously, he's someone who's going to be one of the biggest people on the internet. He already is one of the biggest people on the internet, but in like three to five years from now, he will be the biggest person on the internet. Um, and so um, his future self is obviously a massive, but I also, the thing that inspired that video was when his high me in five years video came out and I was like, oh my gosh, like, he filmed videos talking to his future self and put, you know, led them, you know, and then pushed publish five years from now. And so I just thought that the principle applied that he was talking to his future self and putting stakes on it. You know, he was like publishing it for the world to see. It was, it was one of my favorite videos that you've done because you took something that seems whimsical, novice fly of the, you know, seat of his pants. Like you wouldn't think that there's strategy there. You'd think it's a bunch of young kids just out having fun. And the way that you broke down how, whether it's purposeful or not, how strategic some of the things that he does and has done are, it was awesome. And, and it was fun for me because my boys watch Mr. Beast. Like they know who it is. And when he launched a restaurant, they had burgers and fries like the very first weekend and all that stuff. Right. So for you to go in and kind of break down how this guy did it from zero to, I don't know what you put him at zero to hundred in very short time uh, was really, really fascinating. Yeah. It's fun to watch someone's evolution over a five-year period of time, especially if they're essentially deliberately practicing like at that much intensity, like you can see his identity change and catch up with his view of his future self very quickly. You know, he's getting, uh, you know, he's doing his videos just kept getting progressively better very quickly. Um, and so obviously he saw in his mind where he was going and who he was emulating and whatnot. Yeah. So, uh, it's fun to watch someone evolve that quickly. All right. So I can't remember the last time we talked last, but when we did you, I think it was when who not how came out, but you were already so freaking excited about this book that you've got dropping right now. Why were you so excited about this one? So the first time I read the gap in the gain was back in 2018. I read Dan's little book. Um, I have it somewhere around here, but he publishes little books and they're mostly interior to like strategic coach clients. They're available to anyone, but mostly they're just for his client use. Yeah. And so that was when I first got into strategic coach, I was actually re required to join strategic coach when we developed the collaboration. They're like, all right, if you're going to write books with Dan, you should probably be in strategic coach. I'm like, all right. So I joined strategic coach and I started reading all his little books and I came across his little book, the gap and the gain. And it just shocked me. It just surprised me how different it was from what I was expecting. Um, it was just a totally different mindset about looking at myself and looking at my life. Cause I realized I'm one of those people who's a massive high achiever. Who's always in the gap. I'm always, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with having an expanding vision. You want your vision to keep growing, but I could see in myself that I was always measuring myself in the gap. 
And then it was just kind of an, a unique idea to just only measure yourself backward against your former self. Um, and so that was, I, I just loved the idea and it felt like it had so much science behind it. Um, I could already see all the scientific applications when I first re read it. And so I just felt like it was, it was the most interesting and healthy way I could see that a person could actually measure themselves as a human being. Uh, and so I just wanted to write the book, um, obviously in diving deeper, you know, I learned more of Dan's ideas and also more of the science on like how to take any experience and transform that experience into a gain so that you can actually, uh, get enormously more out of the experiences you have. And so I just felt like it was a framework that I could use to just teach almost all of my favorite psychological concepts. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk it was just such that. a, such a powerful concept. Talk, talk about that, how we can leverage our experiences for more or however you said what you just said, talk about that for a minute. So like, I, you know, there's essentially two ways to look at experiences. Um, one is, is that the experience happens to you and you're the byproduct of the experience. So essentially you're the byproduct of your own experiences. You can't really control what the experience is. You're essentially in the passenger seat of your own experiences and you're, you're left of, if it, if it's a good experience, you're feeling good. If it's a bad experience, you're feeling bad. Um, you know, so like, as an example, my kids, like if, if they don't get what they want, then they're unhappy because they didn't have the experience they wanted, you know? <laughs> and so I guess that model is being reactive to your experiences where, and that's, that's, I think a lot of what the gain is, or sorry, that's what the gap is. When you're in the gap, um, you're measuring what occurred with what you thought it should have been or could have been. And so you're, you're comparing it with the ideal of what it should have been. All my kids didn't get pizza for dinner. They got you know, meatloaf or whatever. <laughs> and so because they didn't get the ideal, now they're unhappy. Um, whereas when you're in the gain, rather than letting your experiences happen to you, you kind of happen to your own experiences. Like you realize you're the only person who has access to your experiences. You're, I'm the only person who has access to Benjamin Hardy's experiences. I'm the only person who has access to Benjamin Hardy's past. And so I can do whatever I want with my past. I can do whatever I want with any individual experience. And when you're in the gain, rather than devaluing it um, and comparing it with what it should have been in its ideal form, you actually just learn from it. You actually increase the value of it. Um, you obviously create meaning from it. And then you decide all of the all of the things that you got out of it. You create gains from the experience so that your current self is further along because you had that experience, even if it was a traumatic experience. Um, it was painful experience, but you know that you've passed it and it's you've turned it into post-traumatic growth if you fundamentally feel that your current self is further along than your former self was, and you're actually glad it happened. So, um, why I like it is it enables me to say I'm in control of this experience. <laughs> like I'm either going to devalue it or I'm going to increase the value of it and be better because I had it. Um, and it allows you then to turn every experience into a gain and to take ownership of your own experiences rather than like projecting your experience on other people or whatnot. Hey, podcast listeners, Chris White here. I want to challenge you with something today. Now, this might sting a little bit. You ready? All right, here it is. Are you limiting your capacity as a leader? We know you're experiencing the world of business, entrepreneurship, and leadership development. We know you're smart, intentional, business-savvy folks. But are you playing too small? One of the greatest steps you can take after years of leading a company or organization is to become a coach for other businesses. I've been a business coach for over 20 years after a 20 year corporate career, and I'm here to tell you 
I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It is the most rewarding and gratifying thing that I have ever done in my career. And this is also why Benj Miller and I created System and Soul. We're training coaches right now to help small businesses everywhere experience breakthrough in both the system and the soul side of their business. If you're ready to expand your capacity and create impact like never before, then let's go. Get on my calendar, let's book a call, and I'm happy to introduce you to System and Soul. For more information, visit systemandsoul.com forward slash coach and set up your phone call today. Almost a victim-victor type relationship to it is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And also a consumer slash creator mindset. Oh, like, yeah. You, know, you can yeah. consume your experiences or you can create your experiences. Um, and when you're a creator of your experience, then you're the one just shaping the meaning of it. You know, you're kind of in your own world in a lot of ways. Like even last week, uh, I volunteered to like teach a, a lesson to some youth in my community. And like the first lesson I gave, cause I had like three sessions, it was kind of sketchy, honestly. Like I didn't feel that prepared. And so I started to kind of feel self-conscious about myself. And I, then I just started to realize, you know what, like I can never actually understand what these kids are actually seeing in the lesson that I'm giving. The only thing I know is, is how mm. I choose to feel and frame this experience. So I can frame this as a failure. I could frame this as it's not going well, or I can actually just choose to be in the game about it, be grateful. I'm having this experience, learn from it and get better as a result. Like yeah. I can either create the experience or, you know, consume it. One of the things my wife and I are, are working on right now, so we talk about it a lot, is not even putting a judgment statement on it. Like, how did that talk go? Like, both my wife and I are so uh, wired, I guess. We feel like we have to put some judgment on. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it amazing? And just to be like, like it was. It was a thing. I don't know the outcome. Maybe some student that you had in there will be impacted from that three years from now when he remembers it, you have no idea. So you don't, it's like almost um, silly of us to put a judgment on it because our perspectives change as well. So what we would deem good or bad today could be so different two or three years from now. Uh, the other thing is the, the, the difference between being complacent and uh, content, right? So you, you mentioned having an ever expanding vision that, that gets tricky because immediately we see the gap, right? Like those are, those have a huge tension with each other. Do you get into how we deal with being able to have that ever expanding vision and being okay with right now? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that that's fundamentally the crux of the idea. Um, Dan and I, so I knew when I started this collaboration with Dan, that there was three books I wanted to write. And obviously we will probably end up writing more, but we were going to, I wanted to write who, not how gap in the game. And then his concept 10 X is easier than two X. And we just realized that we needed to write the gap in the game before 10 X is easier than two X because 10 X. And this was something Dan said in the beginning, he said, there's no point in helping people go 10 X if they're going to always stay in the gap because it's just going to become increasingly painful for them as their ambitions keep growing. Like there's no point in going for 10 X if you stay in the gap, because no matter where you get to, there's no, no matter where here is, there's always going to be a there that there is always perceived to be better than here. But the truth is, is that wherever you are, like here is actually the best place you can be. And so that doesn't mean that you don't want to get there. It doesn't mean you shouldn't 
chase vision. doesn't mean you shouldn't set measurable targets. Um, but if you're unhappy with here, you'll never be happy with there. Like that's the idea of the hedonic treadmill um, is, is that you're always chasing the next big thing because you feel like you need it in order to feel successful. Um, and if you feel like you need something in order to be successful, you need a better website, you need more clients, you need, a, you know, you need 50 Bitcoin, whatever it is. Like yeah. if you feel like you need something in order to actually be capable or successful, then you've immediately put yourself in the gap because you've decided that the current version of you, there's something fundamentally lacking and you need something outside of yourself in order to be there. And that's, I think the problem, that was the problem that Dan Sullivan identified from the beginning, which is why he wrote this concept like 25 years ago was it didn't matter how much his entrepreneurs had achieved. They always felt like they needed something beyond that. And that level of need was just a, a constant gap that never went away until you finally shift to the gain and real, and you start measuring yourself only against yourself. You're no longer measuring yourself even against your own ideals. Um, you're only well, measuring yourself really, backwards. Yeah, because if you if you didn't know about the gap in the gain, you're living in the gap. You have to explain it to them before you can move to the 10x. I think most people are living, they don't even know like that. But, um, they realize that. It's going to have... Uh, I don't, do I dare say this will probably be one of the biggest books? I think I, so. I think so too. I guess of what it's going to explain. People are going to be like, oh, my total yeah. mind shift once they get through it. Here's um, what, well, let me just really quickly, before you ask your question, let me just explain real quick why you can be happy with where you're at right now while at the same time driving towards an enormously bigger future. Um, so when you're in the game you actually become a lot more measurable about your own past. Like I can actually say what were, what are the differences between Benjamin Hardy right now versus Benjamin Hardy even three months ago? Uh, and I can actually track my, my past. I can actually acknowledge that my former self was different. Uh, I've had these peak experiences. I've had these experiences in the last three months. I've also had these achievements. I'm this much further towards my desired future self. And I know what I didn't know three months ago. Um, and so your past becomes more measurable and that actually allows you to then set more measurable targets in the future. Most people, their view of their future self or their goals are very immeasurable. Most people are not very good at goal setting. And a big part of that is because they actually aren't good at measuring their own progress. Um, so it, it allows you to be happy with where you're at and you're measuring yourself properly only against yourself, but also then set allows you to be more effective in your own future. It's very interesting. Like, and I've noticed it myself and even the people I coach, my goals are so much more measurable and achievable than they were in the past. I was always pursuing radically unachievable ideals and then always feeling terrible because I wasn't achieving them. As you, you knew this principle when you read the skinny book, you had that aha moment, right? As you got into the meat of writing, authoring, researching the book as it is today, did you have any aha moments or was there any big revelations to you or, or life change that happened that came from writing it? Oh yeah. I think, you know, there's so many, but one, one obviously is how much I go into the gap about my own kids. Um, you know, and I think we all go into the gap about other people where we want, you know, we want them to essentially be where we think they should be, mm. uh, with my own kids. I remember when I first started writing the book, which is about a year ago, my son, Caleb was just starting into tennis. He was doing tennis lessons and stuff like that. And whenever I would go to like a tennis tournament with him, the only thing I would pay attention to is like where he could be doing better. Um, you know, and like, that's like the like motivational person in me. Like I'm always wanting the person yeah. to get better, but if I'm always telling my son, like, 
you know, you could have done this, this, and this better. Um, like I'm always devaluing the experience he just had rather than actually helping him acknowledge where he's better and beyond where he was three, six months ago. Uh, and so I completely shifted my thinking and my, and my focus, obviously what you, what you focus on expands, we all see the world based on what we're measuring, you know? And so if you're always measuring the gap, then that's all you're going to see in yourself, other people, politics, life, you're always going to be seeing where everything is a problem and where it's not measuring up against where it's supposed to be. Um, once I started shifting what I measured, which was measuring the gains. And I love the quote from Seth Godin, by the way, he says, you see whatever it is you're measuring. And so if you're measuring the gains for yourself and for other people, that's, that's what you start to see. And so I started to just watch my son from the gain perspective and seeing, holy crap, like he is so much better than he was even last week. Um, and then I would help him see his own progress. And that obviously helped him tap way more into intrinsic motivation. Now, no longer was he measuring himself against his dad's ideals, which are constantly changing all the time. Um, but he was able to like acknowledge his own progress, see his own progress. And for someone like him, that's really important because he's someone who... I guess you could say has really low grit. Like he's someone who for a long time would switch from one thing to another over and over and over again, because he just, he came from a crappy background where he was never actually taught to commit to something. And so now if I can help him see like, dude, you've been doing this for over a year now. Like think if we took Caleb a year ago and like had him watch your practice today, what would he see? Um, he'd be like, holy cow. He wouldn't even like Caleb a year ago would not even be able to believe what, what I'm doing today. And like, he's just having so much more fun. He also performs so much better in competitions now because, you know, he's, he's actually just enjoying his progress rather than, um, you know, trying to prove himself essentially. Well, and, um, and, and you gain confidence from those measurements, right. In the game that's building. That's confidence. what it does. That's what yeah. it does. Yeah, it really give it builds so many capabilities. One is obviously gratitude, continual gratitude, um, recognition of your own progress, but confidence is really the essential byproduct. Um, confidence from a, like a psychological standpoint is the byproduct of prior performance. And if you're always, let's just say you're an entrepreneur who five years ago was making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And now today you're making a million dollars a year, obviously even though you've made that progress, your ideal now is probably to be making five or 10 million a year. But if you're always measuring yourself against that, what you've done is you've devalued the last five years of progress. And so you've actually nullified all the confidence that you could have built, which mm. confidence would have enabled you to actually pursue much better future. And so when you're in the gap, you're always devaluing your progress. You're always devaluing your past. You're devaluing what you did before even if what you did before was awesome. I mean, let me give one example. When my first book, the gap, uh, uh, willpower doesn't work came out. That was like a dream of over like 10 years in the making. Like I wanted to be an author. I thought about it for years and years and years and years. And finally I started building up the confidence to start blogging online. I start blogging online. My work is super successful. I get a book deal after years. And after years, I published my first major book. Willpower doesn't work. But of course, like I really wanted it to be a New York Times bestseller and, and it did not hit the New York Times bestseller. And so I felt like a failure after actually achieving something that mm. fundamentally was 10 years of amazing progress. <laughs> and I was like a radical outlier. I mean, I got a multi six figure book deal. Like I launched a book. It's now sold a great number of copies, but because it didn't hit some yeah. arbitrary metric, right. I dubbed the whole thing as a failure. And I, I felt horrible for months as a result. Like that's the gap. Yeah. Ben, does our, does society play a role in this? Like, I, like the more you talk, I'm like, I feel like society wants to keep like just the news, right? Like take the news, the media, 
social media, all of it, all these inputs, it's almost like they want to keep us in the gap without even knowing it, of course, or maybe it's on purpose. I don't know, but it, it we're really, you really have to fight culture to get in this mindset. Don't you? Oh yes. yeah. This is not a, uh, this is not a framework or a concept that is taught people. Most people don't understand how to measure themselves against their former selves and to regularly do that. And to only measure yourself against your former self. Like once I actually started to get this, I, I, it enabled me finally to stop worrying about what other people think about me. Like literally, I know that other people's judgments of Ben Hardy has nothing to do with me. And that the only person whose judgment of my progress and who I am and where I am that matters is me. And so if I constantly devalue my own progress, I'm beating myself up. But yeah, yeah. as far as society, obviously we talk in the book about um, public education and we talk about reference points. Your reference point is whatever you're measuring yourself against. And in public education, the reference points are always tests that are then curved against like national averages and stuff like that. And so you're always measured on an external reference point and you're then measured against other people. So you're kind of taught to compete and compare with other people and you're judged against other people on some external reference point. And so like, obviously the gain is to teach you how to have an internal referencing system where you're only referencing against yourself. And that actually allows you to then have intrinsic motivation and set your own reference points for future goals. But then you compound um, public education, which teaches you to have external reference points, teaches you to compare and compete against outsiders. Um, and then you add the internet and social media and social media is literally trained to put you in the gap. It's trained like, and there's a lot of research on this 85 to 90% of social media use is to literally compare yourself to other people. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, and there's constantly unachievable ideals that are placed before you where, the measuring stick of success or happiness or what you should be doing keeps getting further and further from, from, uh, whatever you're doing. And so if you're making any form of comparison with any other person, obviously none, no two people had the same starting point. So like, if I start measuring myself against you guys, if I want to make myself feel better, I can choose measure measurements that make me feel like I'm beating you guys, yeah. but, we, but we could all find measurements where you could be beating me and none of us have the same starting point. None of us have the same goals. Um, and so it's, yeah, we live in a society that trains us to measure and compete against outsiders, against ideals, against, um, yeah, essentially to have external referencing systems. Um, for what success and happiness are. And then that's what puts people on the hedonic treadmill where yeah. they're always chasing success, chasing happiness, needing the next thing and never actually getting anywhere. Yeah. I've, I've been, I think I've recovered from this. I'll say it cautiously, but I used to anybody that like, you know, I'd see a peer in business or something and they're crushing it. And I'd be like, well, their marriage is probably shit. You know, like I would find yeah. something. You look for something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was like a defense mechanism. Feel better. Like, oh, I got them in some other area, right? But it, I felt an, that need to compare and compete, and so I'm, I'm trying. Well, I've, I'm, I've even gone so far as the other day I found myself self saying something positive about a politician that I pretty much don't like, and my son called me out. And he said, "Dad, you, but you don't like him," and I was like, "Yeah, but." this one thing is great. You know, I was, I was purposefully 
calling out the positive and, but it was another reflection of how society doesn't allow us to do that because society would say, well, I said this one nice thing about this one person. So I must love like put the bumper sticker on my car right now. Cause he's my guy. Right. Cause I said the one thing. And that's why we get so kind of cautious about our words and our thoughts. And, um, it just, everybody has a different meaning to something and they want to perceive it through the way that, that they perceive the world. Yeah. One, one other just really interesting, you know, antidote is obviously the cancel culture we live in. Mm. Um, there's very little acknowledgement of the gains that someone has made. There's the assumption that if someone said something five years ago or 10 years ago, that they're the same person they were back then For sure. and we're measuring their current self on what their former self said. And obviously that's not to say that people's former selves, you know, you know, there, you can take the principle too far, but what I'm always looking for is what are the gains? And I actually completely know and acknowledge that my current self is different. And everybody's current self is different than their former self. Every person's, um, like there's a concept in psychology called the Flynn effect. And the Flynn effect is basically the idea that like where you're at right now, or like this generation's intelligence is fundamentally above and beyond like where intelligence was like, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Like if we were to measure all three of our intelligence right now in this meeting on a scale versus three random people 50 years ago, we would be like four metrics above, but that same principle is going to be true in like 50 years, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's, and, and what's interesting is, is your former self, seriously, think about this for you guys. What they say is, is that two generations ago, if people were like on average, this is just average, were to take a intelligence questionnaire, the average person 50 years ago would actually scale at mentally handicapped compared to the average today. And that's going to be true in the future. So like, let's just say the scale goes from 70 to 130 or 70 to 140. Um, Like if, if, if 100's around the middle, and the average person today is a hundred. Well, the average person 50 years ago would hit 70. Wow. Um, and so let's just say someone at 130 today is someone uh, like a radical outlier is like 130. Well, the average in 50 years from now is going to be 130. And so the only reason I say all that is to say your former self, think about your former selves five, 10 years ago. If you put your former self in your current situation, your former self would essentially be mentally handicapped. Like they would not be able to handle what you're currently dealing with. Like 10 years ago, I put 10 years ago, Ben Hardy in my current situation. I had zero kids. Like now I'm literally raising teenagers. I didn't have a business. Like I'm running a business, a team. Like I would not be able to handle anything that's going on in my life right now. And the same is going to be true of your future self. So I just think it's really important to, to actually acknowledge people's gains and to recognize no one is the same person they were 10 years ago. When, when you, when you took the, the the little publication that Dan originally did and, and you got excited and motivated around this and when you guys started to collaborate, like I'm gonna like take me to the end of that. What is it that you want the reader to take away from this book? Probably two things majorly. Um, one is is to never measure yourself again against an ideal or against someone else. Um yeah. So like literally the idea is always measure yourself backwards, measure yourself backwards. And you can apply that in a ton of different ways. I could pull out my journal and just write 10 bullet points of what are 10 gains I've had in the last 12 months. 
gains could be anything from progress made towards goals. It could be achievements you've had. It could be experiences you've had. It could be learning you've had. So mm. I'm only measuring myself backwards against where I was before. And so that's like, that's the first, but you can also do it on a daily basis. Obviously, if you want to build a habit, you got to do it every day. And so we, we teach people that evening routines are actually fundamentally more powerful than morning routines because your evening routine is where you, you evaluate your day, you measure progress, and then you set your, we call it your big three for the next day. Um, but, uh, so just learning to regularly measure your own progress backwards and increase the value of your own past and to make your own past quantifiable. Like the more you get better at the game, the more you can quantify your own past and you can actually see the progress you're making. Whereas if people don't do that, their past becomes muddled. They can't actually see yeah. their own progress. So that's, that's number one. Number two then is, is to actually learn how to turn every experience into a gain, regardless of what the experience was. Um, so like, it doesn't really matter what it was. You can transform an experience into gains. Um, yeah. and so th those are like the two, two big ideas. And then within those ideas, obviously you build a superpower of becoming intrinsically motivated. You have way more confidence, way more hope. You you're now owning your own experiences. You're now gaining way more from every experience you have. So you're actually learning a lot more and you're no longer competing with anyone else. Right. Give us an example of, of how you turn something that might seem like a negative experience into a positive gain. Like my experience last week was one, like I was teaching these kids a lesson, you know, and I felt like a loser. I actually went in the gap pretty quick <laughs> and I was feeling like I was failing. And then I just decided to just flip the experience into a gain. I just decided to say, what can I actually learn from this? Why, why, you know, why is this ha happening for me rather than to me? And I was able to just like document my learning. What did I, what are all the things I could get out of this? Um, so, and and so that was that first one, you said you did three, right? And that yeah. first one, you said, as you got into it, you kind of felt a little unprepared or started to like, Oh, shit. did that impact your second and third lesson? Yeah. But I'm even talking in isolation about that first one. Um, I can feel bad about it or I can feel good about it. It's my choice. I can learn from it. Even if I learn, even if one thing I learned is, is that maybe I could have prepared slightly differently. That's a game. I'm now better than my former self because I had that experience rather than less off. Um, I mean, there's, it's really, I mean, let's just, let's just consider a single day. Let's say you have five items on your to-do list today and you only hit four of them. You can either choose to measure yourself against the five and be in the gap and then just choose to frame this whole day as it wasn't a great day. It was a failure because I only hit four out of five, which therefore you've just framed today as a, as a failure. <laughs> you've, you've devalued today. Um, or you can say, how, how have I made progress towards my desired future self? What are the progress I have made? And so I can actually choose to frame today, however I want in my stance. And in my opinion, you're, you're better off inflating the value of your experiences rather than deflating the value of experiences. And so I would rather measure today in the gain, even if it didn't go perfect, what are all the things I did do that made me progress? And what are all the things that I learned so that my future self now can be better than my former self? How am I further along fundamentally than my former self was 24 hours ago? Um, so it's just choosing how you frame your progress. It's choosing how you frame your experiences. Um, one is devaluing your experience. One is increasing the value of it. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so fun. Uh, you're, you are a fan favorite on this podcast every time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Here's the three takeaways I just got. 
Number one, always measure backwards. Number two, turn every experience into gains. And number three, go buy every book that Dr. Benjamin Hardy writes, including this one, which is out now. Links in the show notes. Dr. Hardy, thanks for hanging out with us. 